0: Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at mathworks.com. Support for this podcast comes from the Fletcher School of Global Affairs at Tufts University. To start your future as a global change maker, you must have context across fields like international business, cybersecurity, energy policy, and more. Don't just study global affairs, shape them visit fletcher.tufts.edu.
1: Heads up, this episode briefly mentions the sexual assault of a minor. If you're concerned about hearing that, check out one of our other episodes. Okay, here's the show.
2: Produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston.
3: When he pulls up the long driveway of his parents' house in the Boston suburb of Millis, Blake Boston, yes, that is his last name, appears to live up to our expectations. He gets out of his white Mercedes SUV, lights a Newport cigarette almost immediately, and starts gesturing with a pointer finger on the same hand where he's fisting a large Dunkin' Coffee with the ease of someone who is used to gesturing with a large Dunkin' Coffee in their hand.
1: Blake is gesturing into his mom's garage, where a small, burgeoning forest of new marijuana plants are turning into teenagers with the help of large black felt pots. Pot in the pots. There's mom's. Blake's immediately friendly, open, and fun. He's got a thick golden beard, thick forearms covered in tattoos. Thank you. Can I you to drink
0: or anything? That's
3: so nice to meet
1: you. We go around the back to enter the family home from the immaculate deck, and Blake's son's bound up. One asks if he can help us put our recording kit together. The other announces they're about to go save some tadpoles.
3: Rescue tadpoles? Is it an adult thing to do? Is that what you're... No, Blake's think... mom, Susan, is not exactly a shrinking violet either. Why don't we go in
0: there? Oh, you want to go here? What, feel, what feels best for you?
3: She and her son Blake and her grandsons seem clearly cut from the same cloth, even if technically they aren't. Today's interview is Susan's Mother's Day present. But first, she has some questions. All
0: right, you're not going to make us look like assholes, right? No, No,
3: uh, No. that's up to you.
0: No, it's up to uh, (laughs) Ed. You need to behave.
2: No, the thing is, is you need to
0: behave. You need to behave. behave. You need (laughs) to
2: behave.
1: Spoiler, nobody in this conversation is going to behave. Susan did try to make sure that at least Ben behaved, as any mother would. All right. Don't
0: spill your water on all the stuff.
3: I'll try not to. Okay. Too hot. If you're more like here, and I are here, trying not to spill the glasses of ice water that Susan gave us in a kitchen that is beautiful and full of flowers. And we're here with Susan and her son because Blake, after months of DMing with us, has agreed to do yet another interview about what happened to him. He has done many interviews.
2: My name is Blake Boston, a.k.a. Scumbag Steve. Scumbag Steve is a meme, so he's like a character. Me being a typical guy, I was kind of hiding the hurt feelings with anger. And someone saw that and was like, oh, that dude looks like a scumbag.
1: But not many with his mom. And not many where he's talked about some of the things that fill out the picture beyond the image his mom posted online that became a meme and turned into a years-long, obsessive, internet-induced anxiety attack for both of them.
3: Today, Blake and Susan Boston are going to talk more openly about what happened. An interview with Public Radio that is a bit of a departure from their usual Mother's Day routine. Is it true that uh, for previous Mother's Days, you used to ask Blake to... Steal steal some flowers? Is yeah, that Yes, so it true? is.
0: And I find that, you know, it's nature. I mean, okay, <laughs> it is in somebody's yard, but, you know, oh you would God. think.
2: It was like drive-by. She literally <laughs> drive me around. So we lived in Medfield <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so we would, would literally drive you know, around, have, what do you like, call like, this? Norfolk County, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. It and it there would be like five, six different towns. And then by the time we were done, she'd have a bouquet of all different colored lilacs. Literally... <laughs> <laughs> probably if you bought it at the store be like a $300 bouquet because it, so it was so large. Like... I bought her flowers one time I bought her lilacs. And I was mad I she gave her silent having. treatment.
0: I was like this is something this is a tradition that we need to do all the time. Oh, so but he would get some something. One guy chased us and he's like mom floor it and I was like I would be the driver. Yeah that was the year I was on
2: probation and you made me do it. I was like, Mom, you're gonna
0: get me arrested.
3: <laughs> oh, all the time. This, this is. My God. So, th- th- I feel like you're already answering this question, but like, how would you describe your relationship to each other?
0: I
2: don't really like them.
3: <laughs> I don't even remember her name.
1: <laughs> this couldn't be further from the truth. Blake and Susan finish each other's stories, each other's sentences, each other's jokes. You couldn't find two peas more in a pod.
3: But a lot of close parent-child relationships are forged in the fires of trauma. And if you're lucky, the love and humor and struggle that can come after that trauma. So it also makes sense, because Blake Boston and his mom have some trauma, some of it unrelated to the meme, some of it very related to the meme.
2: Like sticks and stones break your bones, but words never hurt you. But they do. Hi, I'm
0: Susan Boston, and um, I live in Millis, dogtown town. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, that's
0: awful, because somebody will listen to it. Well, i never, I never forget. that okay. so Someone's like, there's that
2: freaking Sue Boston over there talking trash. Then you're going to call me in the stairs. Get down here, please. <laughs> no, I'm Susan
0: Boston, and I uh, live in uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> no. And um, I'm a mom and a grandmother and a wife. How about you, Blake? Now that you can speak.
2: Well, Cynthia asked. (laughs) My name is Blake Boston, AKA Scumbag Steve. And I am a loving father, cook by profession slash musician. And I'm just, you know, doing my thing, raising my kids, having a good time while doing it. You know? Don't forget your
0: fiance. (laughs) Oh my God. That would have been a complete,
1: Take two. I'm Scumbag Amory.
3: I'm Scumbag Benny. And you're listening to Endless Thread.
1: We're coming to you from WBUR, Boston's NPR station. And today, we're talking to a true OG meme and his mom, who talk a lot. Sometimes at the same time.
2: They did me so bad. They did me so dirty. Okay, whatever.
1: They
0: even had, even had, um, add, Can I finish the wait, question he asked even, me? Add,
2: wait, I gotta remember this one thing. This is why I you forget. don't do an interview with your mom. Okay,
0: listen to me.
1: Now, when we refer to Blake Boston, who conveniently happens to have that last name while sounding like this...
2: Why make their jobs harder? Let's make this as smooth <laughs> as possible. Okay. <laughs>
1: When we refer to him as an OG meme, it's because Scumbag Steve turned 10 this year, which is like a century in internet years, and he's remained ubiquitous. In our last episode, we learned about Kilroy was here, a meme that physically made the rounds around the world during World War II.
3: But Scumbag Steve was among the first modern-day memes, reaching all corners of the globe simultaneously, instantly, because the internet. And if sometime during the last decade you have stumbled across the Scumbag Steve photo, which you probably have, showing a random teenaged rosy-cheeked kid wearing a crooked backwards baseball hat, a fur-trimmed coat, a gold chain, scraggly facial hair, and an aloof stare, you've probably also seen some of the captions it has been given by strangers on the internet.
1: Captions that are scumbag-ish. Things like, pukes on something. Disappears. Can I borrow a dollar to snort this with? Pockets dollar. Drive slowly in the left lane. Speeds up when you try to pass him.
3: Grandpa gets surgery. Steals his pain meds.
1: And if you've looked at that photo of Blake Boston and thought some of those captions might be true, many things will surprise you over the course of this episode.
3: Many things, but not everything. What was Blake like as a little kid?
2: Well, as a little kid, he was horrible. He was...
3: (laughs) Blake was adopted as an infant.
2: Note to everybody, do not conceive a baby in the back of a muscle car, because then come the result.
1: (laughs) Susan says Blake was a true mischief maker. Hyperactive, predictably unpredictable, a riot and a parental panic attack all in one.
0: I remember one time we went to the Boston home show. And I said to my parents, go to the other end because you could go in and go out. There's no way he'll get lost, but he wants to go through by himself. So he went through. I come around to the other side and My parents are looking. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? He freaking climbed out the window and started going beeline to where they were selling, like, candy. And I was... I thought he was gone. I was like, this is... He's the type of kid that... I was at one point thinking of having a leash on him. Everywhere we went, he was the kid that everybody loved, everybody thought was hysterical, and caused me, like, just so much angst, you have no idea, but I adored
3: him. Blake was a handful, and Susan brought in professional help pretty early on.
2: Well, my first ever therapy session was after I got bitten in the eye by a dog. Oh,
1: bitten in the
0: eye? Yeah, he yeah. Ripped, like half my he face
2: up.
0: Oh, God. He was identifying with the dog instead of the victim. So I had to take him to um, this therapist, his play therapist, because he was biting all the kids at the um, preschool.
1: Blake was only four years old at the time. He had to have facial reconstructive surgery. But instead of becoming afraid of dogs as a result... Blake started acting like one around his classmates.
2: Growling. Growling, biting. He was them. the dog. And so my brother in law had his. Instead of punching me, people, I'd like claw at them like I was a freaking yeah. leopard.
0: He said yeah. in trauma with kids that age, he, he said um, sometimes um, they're going to identify either as a victim, you know, and be afraid of dogs or whatever, or the, rarely, but sometimes it does happen, they become the dog. And he became the dog.
3: Susan says therapy helped her son a lot. But as he got older, nothing could stop this teenage boy from being, well, a teenage boy.
2: Oh, then forget about when I found out about Jackass. I would literally, April Fool's was my day. I put okay. jello in her toilet, Saran wrapped her toilet. They I put a, I put a, it was so funny. I got her one day. I put a, I put a, um, obviously not used condom, but I put soap in it. So it made it look <laughs> used and
1: I put That's it on her pillow. That's
0: disgusting. That's too much. We did a NPR!
1: We did it, we did it. Don't feed This food. became a common refrain throughout our conversation with Blake and Susan.
3: Every time her son said something outrageous, not safe for work or for broadcast, Susan would yell.
2: What do you think, half, half those books? NPR! Do you not realize half the romance books out there are more traffic in the N-P-R porno? NPR was going to be Have you read those romance novels?
3: <laughs> we should admit, really a four-year-old biting other school kids, covering your mother's toilet with saran wrap... This is real-life scumbag material, or at least future scumbag material, right?
1: But Susan, as you may have guessed from the whole Mother's Day flower-stealing ritual, she's pulled off some shenanigans of her own.
2: You're forgetting the whole point where you dress up and put on a fake beard and, like, all cold disguise so you could watch me perform. <laughs> that was pretty funny. She did that a couple times. Her-
3: Blake has pretty much always wanted to be a musician. He started playing in bands in high school. And yes, one time, a friend of his helped sneak Susan into one of his shows so she could cheer him on without, you know, being the mom at the show.
0: He put a whole beard on me in a (laughs) do-rag. We still that picture. And I was dressed in, like, these big things, chain, like a big thing. And I was, like, walking in. He never even saw me until I had, like, didn't I have a camera or something? I was on
2: stage and I, went, I almost stopped rapping because I was like, "Ah." Oh.
1: <laughs> Susan has done many things out of love for Blake that have ended up being kind of mortifying for him. But the most mortifying of all is the reason the scumbag Steve meme exists.
0: You know, do we have to really, like, rub it in? <laughs>
3: The story goes like this. In 2006, around the time Blake was playing shows with his high school band, Susan was getting into photography. I thought it was so cool,
0: okay? I thought I was, and they would humor me because I'd use the same filter and I'd just do a blue, red light and coming through and I'd be like, look at this, and he's like, good mom, keep at it, keep at it, while they're downstairs <laughs> probably making out with girls. We should do it a lot
1: more than this. <laughs> so.
0: I mean,
1: they would be. Susan wanted to support Blake's musical endeavors beyond just showing up to his shows in a beard. She thought he needed some promo photos. So one day, as Blake is trying to leave the house, she snaps a picture of him in the doorway. He wasn't ready for it, but it was a pretty good shot, she thought. And I said to him,
0: give me your MySpace. And he's like, Mom, I'm like, you gotta do all this stuff. You have to promote yourself. So he's like, gave me the thing. I'm putting the pictures up
3: including a picture that would turn Blake Boston into Scumbag Steve. But not for a while, which makes the origins of Scumbag Steve all the more mysterious.
1: Susan posted the photo on MySpace in 2006, but it didn't take off as a meme until January 2011, when it popped off among Reddit users. Within days, someone had made a website, scumbagsteve.com. Blake and Susan have no idea who started the meme. They barely knew what a meme was at the time.
0: All I know is he kept calling it. He goes, I'm a meme, a meme. I'm like, it's not French,
3: Blake. I didn't know what
2: <laughs> the. Let's not talk about accents, because every time we go to Dunkin' Donuts, know. you and your croissant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would always.
3: A girl from school called Blake to tell him he was all over Reddit and 4chan, two sites he also wasn't familiar with, which made processing the meme and its prominence a little complicated.
0: People would be like, oh, oh, your front page done Reddit again this week. And I'd be like,
2: so But it's then there would be other people like we go to your mom's house and then there would be your sister, like a distant not my cousin sister, not your sister, 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 but cousin. a distant cousin saying, Oh, I don't think he should come, he's been stealing Pat with your name at the Times Pain Med And I'm like, first of all, I've never blown Coke a day in my life. You know what I mean? I don't do hot drugs. I smoke weed, smoke cigarettes, drink alcohol. I've taken mushrooms, but they did like it twice. They yeah. But I don't so. do hard drugs. So
1: this was because you know? someone h- had put a caption on the picture that had yeah, to do yeah. with like stealing
0: yeah. drugs. But the, one of the things that I will tell you is that when we used to go up, go on the internet, and we'd see them, we would be in hysterics. Level. Oh
2: yeah,
0: totally hysterics. Until then, every once in a while, then we'd look at each other and say, "Oh whoa, whoa, whoa." Like,
1: so do you saying, do you remember any of the captions that you thought were f- funny? Oh, what
2: the hell was it? Steals your keys, spends 20 minutes helping you look for them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sleeps on your couch, steals all the change inside the the cushions. Did any of these resonate with you? The lighter one did. (laughs) A couple of them did. I still do that now because I'll go on a night of drinking and I'll I'll go out with one lighter and I'll wake up the next morning with three. (laughs)
3: Scumbag Steve started out as what's called an advice animal meme. Basically, they're close-up pictures of animals and humans with basic captions on them suggesting a certain character archetype. But over time, iterations of the silly stuff started to get pretty upsetting. Captions that had to do with mistreating and taking advantage of women, which Blake and Susan say isn't him.
2: Those hurt. Those were a yeah, horrible. Those plus. I don't like those. There's a certain line you don't cross.
1: But Blake had no control over when the line was crossed, who was crossing it, and who was seeing all of these memes. And if the line between Blake Boston and Scumbag Steve was getting blurry for even his family members, who thought he might be stealing pain meds because of a caption online. What did the rest of the world think of him?
2: You know, I'd go try to go on dates and then girls wouldn't want to date me because they'd be like, oh, well, you're just going to try to have sex with my best friend. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is our first date. Yeah, a lot you of know, people could not. They could not separate it. They couldn't remember? No, I, th- I lost a lot of my, you know, high school friends around this area. Huh. And a lot of them stopped talking to me and, you know, thought that I was that person. Yeah.
3: Wow. Susan went full mama bear. Just like she'd done at Blake's shows in high school, she wanted to cheerlead for her son. So she waded into the various online forums where Scumbag Steve was circulating to try to set the record straight.
0: I was uh, new to everything, okay? had no knowledge of the intra- internet, no knowledge of Reddit, and I literally thought that I could rescue his reputation. And I was on there all night, I'd be writing something in that. I'd sign in as Blake Boston's real mom or something like that, <laughs> and they'd say, "Hi, Blake. What? What are you trying to do?" Or like, and I. They and uh, like, just
3: yeah. assumed it was him. Oh trying yeah, to defend, trying to. So, yeah. Susan's attempts to defend Blake, heartfelt as they were, were of course futile, and really, she never had a chance
1: because Blake's random unknown face didn't just go viral. Going viral is brief. Everybody talks about it for a day and then mostly never again. But as any internet cat knows, memes can have nine lives, 9,000 lives, 9 million lives. And suddenly, Blake had been catapulted not just into a new level of recognition, but into a new identity as a scumbag.
3: And if you have seen this thing, you have to admit the image is perfect. You immediately want to caption it yourself. It is an amazing canvas upon which to let loose your own ridicule of scumbaggery. It became so iconic that it inspired spin offs. His backwards hat, just the hat, could be placed on any image to denote shady activity. Someone stuck it on a map of the US to criticize Guantanamo, for instance. And unlike most of the other memes from the advice animal genre, Scumbag Steve is alive and well.
1: Remember our meme chorus, the group of experts we talked to about memes more generally? Well, as the meme chorus explains, the most iconic memes are the ones that perfectly, uniquely, instantly capture an intangible idea. In this case, Scumbag.
3: Ah. Uh. Uh.
2: The main innovation is they're very immediate.
1: They're really ways in which we structure and then create a shorthand for a whole set of ideas.
0: If you want to convey a certain message online, you know that you can use a certain meme and people will get it.
1: So here's Blake, in his early 20s with his whole life seemingly ahead of him. And all of a sudden, he's a scumbag in the eyes of just about everyone. His options were limited at this point, but if he couldn't discard the scumbag Steve label, he could lean into it. Not unlike the dog attack from when he was young, instead of becoming the victim, Blake became the thing you'd think he'd shy away from. Susan watched him become the dog all over again.
0: And he'd like go to these performances, acting like a complete asshole. Oh yeah, New
2: York City, walking down the street, punching limos while they're driving by. They beep at me because I'm jaywalking, and I'll just punch the limo.
0: Yeah, I mean, thinking that that was
2: my job because I was there as scumbag Steve. Yeah,
0: and I'd be like, "That's, but it's not you." And he's like, "Mom, I got to either go with this or not."
3: And for a while, Blake went with it. He thought it might be good for his music career. He posted music videos on YouTube that seemed to fully embrace the identity the internet had given him.
0: Who's been smoking up all your weeds? Scumbag Steve, Scumbag Steve. And who keeps ripping out your girlfriend's weave? Scumbag
2: Steve, Scumbag Steve.
0: Who showed up and drank all your beer? Scumbag Steve, Scumbag Steve.
2: And how'd you get puke on your brand new gear? Oh, yeah, that's me. The
1: party's going on. Doors did I open for Blake. Project. He got to perform at South by Southwest in 2013. He was invited to internet conventions like RaffleCon, where he was received like a celebrity. He appeared on WWE. Uh, and it is
3: <laughs> <laughs> but there were doors threatening to close, too. When the meme blew up, Susan was in the process of contacting Blake's birth mother, whom he had never met but always wanted to. Blake had always struggled with what he calls a void in his heart, a question for his birth mother. Why didn't you want me?
1: Susan had tried to raise someone Blake's birth mother would be proud of. And then all of a sudden, right when they were reaching out to introduce Blake to his birth mother, he'd become internationally known as a scumbag. Would she even answer their messages now?
0: I was crestfallen. I was like, they're gonna think, her whole family, the embarrassment actually of it, and it being not who he is at all, but how do you explain something like that? I didn't know if they knew what a meme was. I mean, we certainly did it. You, you know, there were so many things that were built into that.
1: Including the fact that Blake himself was a parent now. And his alter ego scumbag Steve just happened to be spreading in the middle of a custody battle with the mother of his children.
2: More or less her angle was, oh yeah, he's a scumbag and he's, you know, out doing all these crazy drugs and this and that. Where it's not the case, you know. Like I said before, like I don't use drugs, really. Right. You know, marijuana, but I don't really consider that a okay, drug. Okay, enough of you know. the marijuana. You know, so it's yeah. like here it is, and like that kind of messes with me too, because like I've tried always hard to stay away from crap like that, because you know I've not personally dealt with addiction, but like a lot of my friends have, and I've lost some friends because of addiction. Yep. Right. So like that alone just kind of touches me the wrong way.
0: And you have a limited amount of time to stand in front of a judge. To say who you are and how you can be a great parent and um, and, and, and why it's right for your children to be with you. And if you can imagine the fear of going in there and thinking that limited amount of time is when somebody holds up his picture with all these sayings on them over and over and over again, or here, go on Google, Google his name. There's 7 million, over 7 million memes of him. So how do you explain that to somebody that's not, you know, aware of what a meme is and when it was so vital to his character and in his life? I knew that if this went that far and he ended up losing his children over a meme, I I don't know how we would have come back from that.
1: It's pretty unusual for the father instead of the mother to end up with custody of kids in a divorce. And neither Blake nor Susan want to talk very much about what happened and why. They're still afraid of what might happen. Apparently, there was a whole reality show following Blake and his family around that MTV shot and piloted. And Blake's ex, the mother of his boys, got that project deep-sixed.
3: But what we can say is that Blake has had full custody of his boys for six years now. And he credits them for helping him get through some darker moments. Some of which have been brought on by the meme. Times when the world's vision of who Blake was felt suffocating. Which he will admit, even while in the same breath, he's almost trying to brush it off.
2: There are times where, you know, I'd get a little too drunk because of it, and then I'd freak out and, like, scream at the top of my lungs or, like, throw a little hissy fit.
1: But there have been other low moments, brought on by something else entirely.
2: Where, you know, I'd be sitting in the house and I'll go through a little mental episode where I just become like really exhausted or just like get really sad for no reason. And like randomly, my kids hug me from time to time, just like come up and say, Daddy, I love you or you're the best father. So it like snaps me out like that. So I just also hold on to that stuff, too.
0: That's part of PTSD.
2: Yeah.
3: This something else entirely is something fans of the meme have no idea about.
1: Something that he's finally starting to talk about with his mom, the person closest to him.
2: So I called her at like 2 in the morning one morning and I was like, I gotta tell you something. And I was like, do you remember way back in the day? And she was like, Blake, I already know. And she started crying and I
3: started crying. More in a few.
2: A lot of people spend a lot of money on things like skincare, fast fashion, and even surgery, all in the name of self-improvement. But as the price of perfection rises, when is it time to call it quits? I'm Rima Khreis, host of This Is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace. This season, we dig deep into the financial trappings of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices.
1: Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. I'll admit that I don't know exactly how to ask this, so I might—, I might Be insensitive? I might tumble over my words here. <laughs> i but, but it seems— I am too. It's <laughs> Good, good. It's, if that's where we're starting <laughs> from, we're in a good place. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm— There's a reason I'm tripping over nice. myself here. Every once in a while, in an interview, you're hit with something you didn't see coming, something that tints the lens through which you see a person's story— Ben and I had already spent an hour and a half with Blake and his mom Susan when he told us that for many more years than he's dealt with being a meme, he's suffered from PTSD.
2: So I was molested at two different points in my life. Once when I was about five and once when I was about 15,
3: 14.
0: Wow. An employee. Or a boss. Boss, yeah.
2: Groomed him. We're not awesome. mentioning names. We're not no. mentioning where I worked. We're not mentioning any of that.
1: And when you were five, that was someone else. That was a
2: random. So my mom took me to Home Depot, and it was the first time I ever went to the bathroom by myself, and I was all proud. And some freaking knucklehead walked in after me, and yeah, it's yeah. pretty bad. But I lied about it too because I didn't want anybody to know what happened. Yeah. So he got away with it.
0: Well, he didn't really. I mean, he did get away they with it.
2: They caught him. They caught him. But when they asked me if he did anything to me, I said no.
0: Well, he was. You were. You were a little kid, and that was a. That
3: was yeah. awful. Blake didn't tell his mom about what happened to him at his high school job until about six years ago when he was 25.
2: It was right after I got full custody of both my kids I started having really bad night terrors about exactly what happened and sometimes it was the first time sometimes it was the second but I would feel everything that was happening like it was happening in like that time. When he became a parent When I became a parent, like full time parent, I guess, instead of, you know, half and half.
3: So he called Susan in the middle of the night and confirmed what she had had an inkling about, even though she didn't know what was going on at the time.
2: Something was up. I just felt it in my gut. When I'm 15 years old and after we're closed, he's buying everybody beers and we're smoking cigarettes inside the restaurant and we're all getting drunk and having like weird ass stuff. I don't know. Yeah, and I'd be like, we all thought it was cool because we're underage. Here he is. He's like, She's, like, rolling joints for everybody who smoked weed and, like, are taking shots. And, like, we all thought we were cool because we were hanging out with an older guy.
0: And he was grooming him.
1: So back to the question I was having a hard time articulating. It seems like... This this whole scumbag Steve thing, like you said, you can't control the internet. So this just feels like something that was out of your control. Mm-hmm. And as a mother, when you feel like something is happening that is out of your control and you don't know, you're trying and trying and trying to protect your son, but you don't know how to protect your son. And it sounds like this wasn't the first time that something bad had happened to your son. Yeah. Where you don't know how to protect you don't right. you don't know what so, to do for him. Right. And you've got to
0: understand that, you know, when he had that situation happen, which I you just say, the molestation. Just say it. I know, you're right. Um, he um, which is really good, Blake, that you can say it just like that. It took me twenty five years. Okay. But when he so that you know, was that a trigger, you know, having had that prior experience? Probably. And so, and honestly, that's where my husband was so good because he'd be like, this is this, that was that, okay? You trying to protect your son so diligently is not going to change the past, and it's not the same thing. You can't give it the same weight. So, yeah, was it blurred? Yeah, but it was blurred in some regards, and maybe that's why I was so trying to correct it. But, you know, I don't... I don't know, maybe. I've never really actually thought about it in, that, in those terms, whether it was multi-layered and, and triggers from before. Could have been. Do you think it was? Probably.
2: It probably had a lot to do with it.
0: Yeah, I never even thought of that, really.
3: Part of the reason we wanted to talk to Blake and his mom together is because, at least when it came to the meme, Scumbag Steve, it wasn't just Blake's reputation that was being dragged.
0: I was challenged as a mother. Like, am I not doing the right thing? And that it was something I prided myself on, that I, that, you know, our relationship. And it was like, you're telling me I didn't protect my son now?
1: It seemed like everyone in Susan's life had an opinion about how she was handling things. And she wasn't always sure when and how to try to shut them all up.
2: But I feel like eventually you kinda of took my side of or my way of thinking about it where it's like, you know, you can say anything you want to, but that doesn't make it true. Right. So if you really wanna well, feel if you that really wanna right. feel that way, yeah. then I just won't talk to you anymore. And right. she's said that to people. If you really think this is how I raised my son,
3: then don't f- call me again.
2: Yeah. I can't I can't do it with everybody.
0: And sounds
3: like sounds like he was lucky to have you.
0: Well, I was lucky to have him in that regard too, because you You know, he'd, like I'd be looking at it and I'd go, oh God, look at this one. This kid said that you did this. And I'd be like writing on 9gag and read it like an idiot. No, he isn't, I'm his mother. And they'd be like, oh yeah, Bob, you're here again. You're full of shit. And he'd be like, mom, go with it. Just laugh it out. Remember? I'd say, okay, I'll try.
3: A through-and-through scumbag wouldn't help his mom process anxiety like this. So, yeah, Blake Boston, especially if you know Scumbag Steve, is not really who you would expect him to be.
1: It took a while for Blake to get to this point. Years of therapy, friends lost, a reputation compromised, all because strangers online found a picture on MySpace and decided he was Scumbag Steve.
3: Do you wish that you weren't?
2: No. I love it. Now I love it. Yeah. But it's cool because now like, I'm on cameos, so I do cameos from time to time and, you know, um, starting a new band. So I'm going to hopefully piggyback up a little bit of Scumbag Steve to like, get a little bit of buzz for the band. So there's a lot of positive things going on, I guess, because of it.
1: Earlier this year, Blake was able to cash in on his online alter ego in a way that never would have been possible when the meme came out 10 years ago. He sold the OG MySpace scumbag photo as an NFT, a.k.a. a non-fungible token, a.k.a. he just doesn't own the original image anymore.
3: The transaction was in cryptocurrency, 30 Ethereum, which at the time we're recording this is hovering at around $100,000 in worth. Not bad for a picture he never asked to be taken and one that had potential to take his kids away at one point.
2: And then, you know, I still have the hat, and I'll just throw it on from time to time, and I'll, like, walk outside and take the trash out in my apartment complex, and everyone's like... <laughs> so you get
1: recognized still, It still does! Still More play. or less when I'm
2: in character. Like, if I, you know, I also have a, my own t-shirt that has class at noon, sleeps till 4 p.m. with my picture on it. So <laughs> I'll, I'll wear that sometimes, you know? And it's funny. That's-
1: Blake has a level of clarity and agency over his meme-hood now that he didn't have before. He gets to decide when he wants to embrace scumbag Steve and when he just wants to be Blake. And maybe more importantly to him now, just dad.
2: Honestly, my kids, they kept me straight. I still carry, you know, newborn pictures of my sons in my wallet, so I'll pull that out.
1: Because you that know, is, that that like, makes
0: That's where you know who you are. When you're, yeah. when you're a father and, or a parent, yeah. he knows who he is for his children. You know, and that's stronger than
2: any meme.
3: Definitely. Susan's kid kept her straight, too, as she and Blake rode out the scumbag storm together. He buoyed her with the same realization that buoyed him.
2: People are going to say what they want to say about you. You can't change the other the way other people, especially if people are bullies, naturally bullies. You can't change what they do. You can change your mind state on see, the way you react. See, that's how
0: he... See, that's yeah. what... It's like what Tai Chi, chi man. I got all
2: that figured out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, that
0: kind of mind frame, because I could not take away being, you know, a mother within the mean situation. There there wasn't, but he, he did it for me. He separated it. And that was a lot to expect from somebody that was being called Scumbag Steve worldwide. To expect him to be there for me. So I love you and thank you. Well, it's not getting all mushy now. Okay, Okay. I won't cry.
3: Next up, the bait and switch meme at the center of a billion YouTube views, countless email link jokes, and a song that might just have special musical powers.
1: And the guy who claims to have started it all.
3: I have documented evidence of me doing it as a prank months before it became a thing. We'll roll that into your feed in a week. Endless Thread is a production of WBUR in Boston.
1: You should 100% be joining our email list if you want early tickets to events, swag, bonus content, pictures of my bunny, or Ben's Dungeons & Dragons characters. Do that by going to WBUR.org slash Endless Thread.
3: Also, we really, 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 really want to know your nomination for the best or most real or most underrated meme. Call us. 857-244-0338 that is 857-244-0338 we look forward to hearing your meme ideas or you can record a voice memo actually and send it to endlessthread at wbur.org we might just dive into the meme you tell us about and we might use your voicemail in the show
1: our meme series would be very hello fellow kids without the help of our meme chorus. The singers in that chorus.
3: Joan Donovan is research director at the Harvard Kennedy School's Shorenstein Center.
1: Sarah Leola teaches about digital culture and design at Coastal Carolina University.
3: Gianluca Stringini studies online security, disinformation, and hate speech at Boston University.
1: Amanda Brennan has the extremely cool title of internet librarian.
3: Kenyatta Cheese co-founded the site Know Your meme, and Don Caldwell is editor-in-chief.
1: Please go find their work and benefit from their meme genius.
3: Our series and our show is made by producers Nora Sachs and Dean Russell.
1: We are co-hosted by myself, Amory Sievertson.
3: And myself, Ben Brock-Johnson.
1: This episode was edited by Maureen McMurray.
3: Mixing and sound design by Paul Vykus.
1: Original music composed for this episode also by Paul Vykus.
3: Special thanks to and additional production work from Josh Swartz, Grace Tatter, Frank Hernandez, Kristen Torres, Sophie Codner, and Rachel Carlson.
1: Endless Thread is a show about the blurred lines between digital communities and the international fruit basket.
3: <laughs> what is that? You know, that's the Just for fun? That's the world that we're living in, <laughs> the international fruit basket. That's us.
1: Okay. All right. If you've got an untold history an unsolved mystery or a wild story from the internet or the international, or the international food basket, basket. <laughs> that you want to tell us about, hit us up. Email thread at org.
3: Stay cool forever.
2: I call I'm her like, crying, and like, this is how close we are as a relationship. I'm like, Mom, Mom, my penis isn't working. She starts crying. She hangs up on me and
3: calls the doctor. She calls me back. She's like, don't ever take that shit again. <laughs>